1: and your host today is me, T.C. Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. So, David, welcome to CTO Confessions. It's great to have you on board, sir. T.C., thanks for having me. It's a great day in London today. It's a bit grey and overcast, but thank you for coming into uh, London offices. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your journey been like to tech leadership? I've heard lots about you. Tell your story.
0: Oh, look, I started at 16 as an apprentice. I'm your classic work, you are your sort of way up the ladder. Did an engineering apprenticeship, that went relatively well. Got my first opportunity and then after about a decade of sort of technical delivery type roles, I moved into leadership roles. And then the last sort of 20 odd years, have been in progressive leadership roles,
1: predominantly in C-suite roles. Fantastic. So this is a question I ask all our tech leaders. I'm a passionate person myself. I'd like to know what other tech leaders' passions are. What's your passion, David? It's interesting,
0: Three decades now into doing this, what I really believe in is people. It's not just technology anymore, it's it's people, it's seeing people's careers flourish, seeing how they develop in their lives uh, predominantly, especially the people I've known for a long time. I've, I've known individuals who have come through undergraduate programs with me and I've seen them go on to be great CTOs for big organizations. I've seen other people who have realized actually, I want to diversify and bec- move into coaching, as an example, right? And, and they come out of their tech careers But the key for me is seeing people get some satisfaction from their careers and um, they're guided well, they're ambitious enough to know what they want, what they don't want, and they've got individuals uh, like myself and other individuals in the industry that can help them.
1: Brilliant. And open doors for them as well. Excellent. I love that. My follow-on question from that was, how do you roll as a leader? What's your particular style? What do you bring into the space that allows all this stuff to happen? That's
0: really interesting. 30 years ago, how a leader was described would not be me. I was always. You know, I, I came from this, the discipline, in the school where they even articulated the shape and size of a leader. Wow. Yeah, six foot plus had to be a certain. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a very different time, and I looked at that and I thought, that's not me. How am I ever gonna? <laughs> how am, how am I gonna make it as a leader? Maybe mm. I need to just be an architect, right, and stop my career at that point. So, you know, I I, I listened to all of that, but what's changed in my mind? And actually, I was doing a town hall a few weeks ago and someone came back to me offline and said that was so authentic Mm. and that's the biggest thing for me right is authenticity i want everyone to bring their best to whatever environments they're in Mm. and feel comfortable with that good good i I don't want people to be told you have to look and be a certain shape and size and act a certain way Mm. you've just you've just killed someone's curiosity you've just killed someone's character we want everyone to bring the best of themselves to us yes absolutely be respectful understand the corporate culture understands the, the the traits that the firm want to see their staff uh, display. Mm. I get all of that, right? And um, I'm a big believer in bringing authenticity. And that's something probably the last decade when I've sort of established myself more in my career.
1: Yes. I'm a
0: lot more comfortable being myself. And I used a great example. You can see my hair now, unfortunately, in the podcast. <laughs> you know, staff can't, but if they Google <laughs> me, they'll see it. I wear my, my hair a lot heavier, a lot higher. Yes. Where before I wouldn't,
1: right? right. And
0: it's a lot more... Uh, crazy right than it was in the past if it was cut and linear and structured and more faded I tried to just bring the best of my authenticity to what can I do it to make people realize they can do it as well and I remember a time when early in my career in my mid-20s I used to have dreadlocks they were down Mm. to my shoulders yes and I went for so many interviews TC I you know I I didn't get any of those roles Um, but when my partner cut off my hair Mm. the next interview I got the job so there's something in that right where That authenticity, that people understanding who you are, being comfortable with who you are, uh, should lead to more more doors being open. And if people like me are doing it at the back end of our careers, it should allow individuals who are younger, tenured in their
1: careers to have the same opportunities. Absolutely. It's great. Thank you for sharing that. I think authenticity is really important because otherwise people are playing an act and also you're missing out on opportunities. So it's really good to kind of bring that into the space. Thank you for that. So David, following on from that then, how do you feel about diversity and that in the kind of corporate space and business space?
0: What what a great question and one that not many individuals ask. Diversity is so important, right? How you build leadership teams, how you design them, how you want them to perform, ideally higher levels of performance, how you want them to interact together. I think you have to have a good mix. I I design teams to have, where I get the opportunity, Mm. I design teams to have a good mix. If I've inherited teams, I'll create a dialogue and a culture and an environment where we can create that good mix, right? And, right. and through diversity and all forms of diversity, not just a male to female gender, Sure. I think it's important that you get a good mix of thinking, right? So I'm all for everyone bringing and contributing a different view. Yeah. No view is a bad view for me, right? Uh, I'm all for people taking that offline, thinking through how they want to solve problems, coming back with recommendations. But I'm all about, building diverse teams, but more importantly, getting that mix right for the organisation, especially when you're working in a global environment. Mm. That's so important that your team represents that global environment.
1: Yes, absolutely. We've had a few tech leaders speak to this, thankfully. It's a conversation that's in the space. It's quite heartwarming to see people really talking about this and seeing the importance of that. We've had a tech leader from the airports, which have a very diverse customer base. And again, having those that diversity in the kind of working space to be able to cater for that. So David, one of the things around tech leaders, I imagine it's quite a stressful job. What's the thing that keeps you up at night as a tech leader? Oh, great question. <clears throat> Future thinking. I, I, I think tech leaders
0: have become commercial leaders. I think most organizations have got a technology backbone or technology business within a business. Mm. right? And we're now product pickers right we are supporting the organization with the right products we should be taking to market right and what what keeps me up isn't the usual it's cyber it's operational resilience that's hygiene to me Mm. just do that and do it extremely well and educate your stakeholders and your executives and your shareholders and your board on what the risk posture of the organization is i'm more interested in future focus uh what's the next things we need to make bets on how do we make sure we stay relevant how do we make sure our brand awareness allows us to win business and repeatable business Mm. are there markets that we should be getting into that we're not in today how do we create more product agility more commercial agility for the organization and how do we ensure the technologies which we are investing in have a level of sustainability that we can adapt the architectures future products in in the future and i think tech leaders are starting to become more aware of that now i've been really fortunate you know i was developed early in my career to be more of a business leader and I came out of an organization that that really focused on business leadership so that's how I take that into every day how I do the job but I think tech leaders are starting to sharpen up now their commercial tools and realize we need to understand how our business makes money and we need to understand how we can enable the business to make money and make
1: sure it's profitable for the organization and predominantly it's great for our customers and it's great for our shareholders as well fantastic that's really interesting David It kind of reminds me of a conversation I've had with other tech leaders and maybe on some of the podcasts as well around tech leaders being kind of like time lords. You're having to deal with the past, the legacy. Oh, yes, the legacy. There's a lot of work around that. Then there's the present and then there's the future, seeing forward. How do you manage that? Do you create an environment that allows you to navigate those kind of different time spaces to make the best of what's out there and what's already here?
0: Yeah, look, we operate in a fast-moving technology industry where we're seeing technologies we thought would be disruptive mm. have found it difficult to find use cases to actually be deployed at industrial scale right? right we've seen other technologies which we've all fallen foul off and created a legacy for firms right which we're now <laughs> yes. trying to get out of right yes and yeah. i've jumped on the bandwagon of many of those things over the years right and am more agnostic now of these things i'm more interested in how are we thinking about the business
1: mm.
0: how are we thinking about the technologies we want to invest in and what they're going to support. So I go back to that future focus piece, right? But the key is don't repeat mistakes from the past, mm-hmm. right? Be it change, delivery, execution mistakes, be it architectural mistakes. Always ask yourselves the questions, what did we learn from that deployment? What did we learn from that major transformation for the organization? How are we thinking about the next transformation? Because it never stops. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're stopping, If you're not transforming, you're eroding your business proposition, in my opinion, right? So... I'm more interested in that the Time Lord aspect you, you talk to. Hopefully I'm not a Dalek, right? But it's, it's definitely one of learning from the mistakes of the past and how are you challenging yourself and how are your teams challenging themselves and your organizations you're surrounding yourself with to ensure those technologies, as much as you want them to be disruptive, they allow you to win mm. and to ensure you have a sustainable business model in the future as well.
1: Excellent. Well, for the audience, I just want to assure you, I'm in the room with David right now, so he's definitely not a Dalek, okay? <laughs> so following on, on the leadership tone, how do you lead remotely?
0: Again, I've been really fortunate. Uh, when COVID hit, for many organisations, it was the tough part was switching and moving the organisation to virtual working, using video conferences, uh, flex working. Well, there was a time when we weren't even doing that. It was right. full-time working at home technology is different mm. right especially when you've had global teams for the last 20 years like i have i was really used to working remotely my teams were really used to working remotely in the technology environment unless you're in a custody environment or a hedge funds or trading post or somewhere where it's expected of you to be in every day yes most technologists will work in a flex environment um most technologists are used to working in a flex environment. Developers don't want to be in the office. right? Developers prefer to work from home. They want right? the cave, The developer cave. Absolutely, right. Architects prefer to have that that time. They want to come together to collaborate when they're having some major problems to solve on a, mm-hmm. on a project, right? And I get that. So you want that collaboration space. But the realization is you can achieve higher levels of velocity if people are working from home. Now, leadership is different, mm-hmm. right? There's something in, if you are a new employee... And I've had new employees join firms where their first in, their first interaction is they're just at home, and they don't know the smell of the place. Yeah, they don't know the culture. They've got no relation, not real relationships, right? They're not doing the coffee cooler conversations. Mm. They're not going out for a drink midweek, right? They're not joining a town hall face to face and hearing from the CEO. And they're doing all of that virtually. I think you miss something. I think you you know I would encourage people. As much as we've we talk about flex working. I would still encourage people find some time whatever your company policy is, one day a week, twice a week, get in the office, encourage your teammates to get in the office, collaborate, socialize, you miss something. I grew up in a career which was all in the office. Yes. Right? Same it was yeah. all in the office and I loved it. Mm. Right? I loved all the hustle and bustle. I have the Thursday night drinks. Mm. I loved everyone. We can't talk about cakes now because we all have well-being and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, right? It's not encouraged anymore to do that stuff. Yeah. But I I, I I, personally, I loved all that stuff and I loved yeah. the interaction and I, and I formed... Great relationships, which are enduring life, lifetime relationships, actually, right? Mm. That have gone beyond work. And I've, and I've formed great relationships with my leaders. And I think one of the reasons why we can sit on this uh, podcast today is solely based on the fact those leaders who sponsored me in my career, mm. if I wasn't in the office, I'm not sure I would have been given those opportunities, right? Yes. I wasn't the smartest. Wasn't the best developer, wasn't the best designer, mm. wasn't the best project manager, wasn't the best program director. I don't claim to be any of the best of those things, but I was very good at forming great relationships and understanding where people were coming from and they understood where I was coming from. So Flex, I, I get it. I think the technology is a bit different than mm. say you're in an operations department. Um, I think developers, techn- technicians understand how to use the tools. The tools have absolutely improved around collaborative ways of working. We make huge investments in tools and mm. in the, in the, the organisations I support. But I, I would I would encourage people
1: to don't look past the tools, the human intervention, the human touch is just as important. Beautiful. Relationship first, as my mantra goes. So David, a follow-on question now is around companies in general. All companies want to grow, and as we know, growing pains exist in the space when you're growing. What are the tips that you have around the foundations for growth that allow those pains to be lessened or even eliminated
0: I think every company has chapters of growth, right? If you are a small tech organization that's been given rounds of seed funding and you've got to a point where your investment and your profitability is washing its face and you don't you no longer need that VC backing, you're moving into the next phase of your growth, which means you're looking at sustainability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The the entrepreneurial leaders that got you to that space, you have to look at your operating model and understand is that still going to be what's going to get you to the next yeah the next phase the next chapter of your of your of your growth journey i think institutional organisations who have got great brands they're well known in their marketplaces will erode growth right because they they're not always looking at the disruptor around the corner right that's you know uh, eating their lunch probably a better word right and you have to ensure you are staying as market competitive as your competitors and how do you win more business? Mm. How do you ensure you're staying as innovative of your creativity and thinking around your products and services and supporting, you know, how the analysts, how the shareholders are looking at your proposition compared to your competitors? Right. right? So I think growth has has many facets. I would ask every business leader and they come in different guises, right? You could have a business leader that's running a fintech who is a technical genius, but doesn't understand market and branding, mm. doesn't understand how to sell a product, right? Yes. But is an absolute technical genius. Think about who you surround yourself with in your organization. I would ask more uh, institutionalized uh, CEOs, don't underestimate the small guy or girl in the corner mm. who could eat your lunch tomorrow, right? Wow. Because it just takes one big change in your industry. We've seen it so many times. Yeah. The best one I always talk to is what happened with Netflix, right?
1: Yes. I mean,
0: we all talked to that one. We had Blockbuster. Blockbuster had the opportunity to to, to, to to take the Netflix proposition. yes, And they saw their marketing and services as solely actually make more money with the auxiliary services we do in the shops. Mm-hmm. So it's the popcorn, it's the sweets, it's the drinks. They were making more profitability wow. from that than actually renting DVDs, wow. right? And when Netflix came along with this interesting proposition, they just dismissed it. And we all know what happens next. Yes. Netflix is now, right? they, they're doing movies now, right? So I think that growth piece you talked to it's multifaceted. Mm. There's a lot in there. But I think good leadership, good business leadership is about being aware of the macroeconomic environment. It's about being aware of your environment, your competitive nature of your environment, and how you grow and how you grow safely. Yes. And explaining that growth journey to the external market so they can see how that
1: growth is going to be projected over the next three, five, ten plus years. Excellent. That's good. So it's great, David, that you brought in the kind of Netflix story because the uh, book, I don't know if you've read it, The uh, No Rules Rule, fantastic book. And the thing that you mentioned there, the analogy, it's almost like parts of the organisation, the legacy parts of the organisation are handbrakes as uh, to that evolution, that kind of business agility in the space. So brilliant to call that out. Now, just going to move on to the closing arc of the podcast together. Unfortunately, I've got some nice warm questions for you here. What advice would you give to aspiring tech leaders listening to this podcast right now?
0: I love that question keep on dreaming don't let anyone tell you not to dream if i stopped dreaming in my career with all the the times i've fallen over um we wouldn't be doing this now tc right so Mm. everything's possible if you work hard you dream you stick to your knitting around where you want to take your career don't fear failure right um that's part and parcel of it leadership great leaders make mistakes entrepreneurs have so many businesses before they Get to the business which actually scales and gets them to where they want to get to. We saw that with Elon Musk, right? Mm. Um, and stay curious, right? Be curious about everything. One of the questions I get asked is, "You ask a lot of questions, David. They're not questions. I'm just curious, mm. right? Curiosity. I'm curious about everything. I'm curious when I talk to my my eight year old. I'm mm. curious when I talk to my 16... In fact, me, and my sixteen year old, we went to watch. Uh, he wanted to watch Creed, um, this boxing film that's part of the Rocky franchise, right? And and I went to watch it with him because I wanted to spend time with him and uh, I think he had got really annoyed with me because I just kept on saying, what's going on? What's happening <laughs> with that and what's happening? I said, Dad, you're doing it again. We're in the, we're in the cinema. I think curiosity never leaves you. Mm. There's no silly question. Ask questions at whatever level you're at and wherever you get to in your career. Keep on asking those questions to learn be curious.
1: I love it. You're a curious warrior. I'm uh, very much the same as well. So Thank you for bringing that into the space. Here's a fun part of the podcast. It's all fun, but this is fun, fun, fun. As a tech genie, i would pretend to be a tech genie for a second, I'm going to offer you a wish. What would you wish for? For your leadership, for your industry, for your company? You know, there's one
0: thing that, and it's, it's probably not answering really the question the way you want it, but I've come to see climate change in a different way. And um, I'm putting, I'm doing a lot of reading. my To your point around curiosity, I'm learning more about climate change and I'm concerned, right? I'm really concerned around what I see. and having three boys how i'm leaving this little dot of a planet Mm -hmm. concerns me and it should concern all of us right we we have generations that are still going to live on this planet and it's we should all do our best to learn how do we create a sustainable environment and not erode the environment any further and you can you just got to read yes you just got to read david attenborough is a great man you just have to read about what's been happening take a a 100 year view and you'll see the changes we've created in 100 years. And we're not going at it quick enough, in my opinion. Mm. We're not going at it hard enough. And I say we, I mean, the collegiate we of the world, right? I think these manifestos, these policies aren't good enough, right? Uh, um, and that's an independent opinion for me. Mm. I stand behind that. And I think climate change is the big one for me. Right? Yes, it's, it's, we could, Everything else will flourish through that, right? We can deal with homelessness. We can deal with cures for Horrendous diseases, but if you don't have a planet, you can't cure any of that stuff anyway, right? So there's a bigger picture to be thought to be looked at, and that's the one I would love to, to solve.
1: As a genie, I'm going to speak to my other genies, I'm going to make that <laughs> one come true. Okay, David, I think that's a beautiful one. I love what you touch on there because it is important to all of us. And now, as we come to the nice full stop of the podcast, what's your final key takeaway that you'd like to leave our guests listening to this podcast? Look, first of all, just thank
0: you for if they've got through the 20 minutes. Thank you for listening, I, I, I do appreciate it. Um, I think we touched on a lot of it already. I think the art of the possible, take your careers to wherever it needs to go. Don't fear failure. If I look at my career and where it's taken me, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked and I'm still shocked by some of the the stuff I get to do. And find find great people. Find great people that you can learn from and can help you and don't have their own self-imposed agendas on you, right? And, and be very clear in your direction because people will sometimes derail that. Um, but look, I think, you know, I know you get a great audience. I think people that listen to these, to these podcasts come at it from a position of development and curiosity.
1: So I'm hoping they're curious to learn more in the future. So Brilliant. Thank you. Excellent. A great note to finish on, David. It's been wonderful having you on CTO Confessions. Thanks for having me. Take care. And finally, Remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.